Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, this is Conchetta Tomei, and you're listening to TV Confidential. At Robertson Law Office, guest James Moses Black. James Moses Black, one of the busiest, most versatile character actors in movies and TV today. James can currently be seen as Captain Browning in Renfield. Renfield, the horror comedy starring Nicolas Cage, Nicholas Holt in Aquafina that takes the legend of Dracula in a slightly different direction. Renfield now playing in theaters everywhere as this program airs. James's other recent screen credits include the Amazon Prime series SOZ Soldados O Zombies, as well as the theatrical comedy Queen Pins, starring Kristen Bell and Vince Vaughn, the YouTube series Liza. On Demand, the historical drama Lansky, starring Harvey Keitel, as well as Code Case, The Practice, Jag, Entourage, Criminal Minds, Grey's Anatomy, Curb Your Enthusiasm, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and NBC's This Is Us. We talked to James in our previous segment about Renfield, which James described as Inglorious Bastards, but with laughs as we pick up the conversation, we're shifting gears and talking about some of James's other recent credits, which include the Netflix social satire, You People. I did see You People. Okay. But, but I, I will confess, um, I must have blinked and missed you. What, uh, what, what scene? No, the- no, you, did, you didn't miss me. Here's oh. what happened. So they hired me, and I, it, was, it, was a, it was a sort of a, a montage of people there. I mean, there was everybody was there filming. Uh-huh. Uh, Eddie. Eddie Murphy, yeah. Woman from Veep. Julia Louise Dreyfus. I mean, there was just stars like, mm-hmm. you know, everywhere. Mm-hmm. And so they hired me and said, "Okay, you're going to have it out with the with the, the the Jewish guy who's who's coordinating his side." Right, jo- uh, Jonah Hill. Yeah. Yeah. So we get there and they say, "Oh." Well, we're not going to get to that, James. Matter of fact, we're, we're done with you for today. Matter of fact, we're done. And I was still filming Renfield. And I said, okay, are you sure? Because we haven't had the fight yet. <laughs> They're like, yeah, I know, James. Yeah, you're, you're good to go. I said, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you to ask this one more time. Are you sure? And they said, yeah, we're sure. So when I'm I'm getting on the plane the next day, the people call me and say, "Hey, uh, can you come back? We didn't shoot your scene yet." You're kidding. Yeah, not kidding. And so at the end of the movie, there was a black guy standing there. There was a black guy standing at the wedding. That was supposed to be me. Oh wow. 
Yeah, so, you know, if you look close, it was two different people. So. Okay. All right, so IMDB says you're in it, but if I'm hearing you, you weren't in it. Yeah, I'm credited. So okay. you saw me at the dining scene, which we were supposed to have a fight, and that didn't happen. And then the next day was the wedding. So I had, I was back on Renfield by then. Okay. All right. Were you paid? Oh, God, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not an actor, but uh, when I don't do my radio show, I write and edit. And sometimes there, there's things that I do that I end I run into a kill fee, and so the project gets yanked or I don't it, it doesn't get completed. But at least if I'm if I'm paid up to that point, that soothes a little bit of the frustration, yeah. you know. So absolutely, absolutely. I think- Somebody said, why, uh, why, why do you make your choices about things you do? I said, money! That's right. So. Well, well m- money, money, and and um, I've talked to you enough times to know this about you. There are some things you'll do because the money you get from them enables you to fund some of the things that you, James, are personally trying to get off the ground. And right. So right. it's all a means to an end, but the great thing about talking to you is you're busy you're in demand you know you get hired enough that sometimes you have a little conflict where you got to figure out okay how do i get get this scene and you people done when i'm still wrapping up what i'm supposed to be doing in in renfield it's a nice problem to have yeah absolutely man absolutely although ideally it works so that so that you have screen time and screen credit both but that's another that's another story right right, right. hey listen you, you you get the money and you let it go that's right yeah. that's right and you move on to the next thing yeah that's yeah, it that's I, I was- that's that's it. And in the meantime, James Mosick Black can be seen as Captain Browning in Renfield. Renfield, the horror comedy starring Nicolas Cage, Nicholas Holt, and Aquafina from Universal, now playing in theaters everywhere as this program airs. Now, one of the fun things uh, I like about doing this program, James, is learning things about the guests that I didn't know. Early, early in your career, you you were an actor at uh, the American Conservatory Theater in San Francisco. Right. That's, I, that's where I got my training from, uh, is uh, ACT in San Francisco. I've told this story before on the air, but I've never told this story to you. When I was a, I grew up in San Francisco, so when I was a kid, okay. um, uh, once or twice a year... Um, my school would pay for like, you know, the sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade. And we'd make, uh, we'd take the bus down and we would see like a matinee, either of a Christmas carol or some, or, or whatever the seasonal thing was at ACT. That was my first introduction. That was my introduction to theater as a kid. So to, to talk to someone who was part of ACT, that's like, that's a special thing for me. Yeah, man. I, I actually enjoyed my time there. I lived, I lived in Knob Hill. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, a, in a flat, it was uh, four of us in, in this four-bedroom flat, man. And the guy who I rented from is still one of my friends today, Dion Chang. Okay, that's He's cool. still one of my friends, yeah, man. So San Francisco is a, 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 a really good place, man. I, I love San Francisco. It's a great, it's a great place for actors. That is, that is for certain. Now, 
Let's see. I just learned that you, you arrived at acting after working in the corporate world, or at least you, you studied business when you're when you're going to school. What, what when did you zigzag from that pr- career path to deciding I want to be a performer? I think I always wanted to be a performer. I was a, a kid and I was in plays, but you know the 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 thing for me and my family was getting an education. You know, back then it was all about getting an education, getting a college education. So the the focus really became, you know, fulfilling the family wish instead of seeing my own prospects and my own dreams. But that took a while, you know, to develop, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, uh, after college, I like I said, I went straight to corporate America, fulfilling someone else's dream. Uh, so, uh, you know, it, it took a while, but I got into acting in Minneapolis, Minnesota, uh, that's another hub of acting and theater. So I got into it up there, and then I ended up at ACT. We're talking to James Moses Black. James currently is st- uh, stars as Captain Browning and Renfield, horror comedy star Nicolas Cage, Nicholas Holt, and Aquafina now playing in theaters everywhere as this program airs. We're talking to James about some of his other roles that he's done before, and maybe we'll ask him, talk about some of the things he has coming down the pike uh you mentioned you mentioned living in san francisco during you know that formative stretch uh, one of your formative stretch stretches as an actor i learned that one of the people who inspired you as a performer uh, or at least to want to be a performer was was robin williams robin williams uh, for those who may not know he lived in san francisco when he wasn't making movies and whatnot did you ever cross paths with robin personally or professionally uh, professionally, when I, when you say professionally, you know, I ran into him a couple of times and just had conversation. Uh, so it was more, it was more or less a friend running into, you know, a fan okay. or something like that, you know? So it wasn't, I never worked with him before. I just, I always admired what he did as a comedian and how he took those comedic chops and became very, very good dramatically. You know, so I, I just always admired him. I, I was actually super duper sad uh, when he when his life ended. Uh, that was that was a, 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 a crazy moment for me because he was he was sort of making that comeback, and then his he, and his illness happened, and then you know you know the rest of the story. I've been told by people who knew him and who worked with him that he was uh, he was a generous soul and very supportive of young comics and young actors and um, and would uh, you know, reach out and at least, he may not have been one to give advice, but it's a good listener. Yeah, you know, all that energy he had and all the years he did it, you know, he, he went back to Richard Byers' era. Mm-hmm. He went back way back, Red Fox era. He went way back with these guys. And, uh, you know, all that energy for all those years, I could imagine would take a toll on you sooner or later, but he never let people see it, mm-hmm. you know? Like, he would—he was always on, you know? And I just, the energy that that m- must have taken to always be on is something that, you know, just was bewildering to me. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I can, I can only imagine. I can, I can only imagine that as well. But uh, another performer who you have talked about as an influence, one one of those people that spurred you to do what you currently do today, 
was Sammy Davis Jr. And I, I, I never talked to Sammy, but I've been told that Sammy, I mean, there, there are some performers, and this, this kind of relates to always being on, you know, in, in, in the sense that there are some performers that when they rehearse, they'll maybe rehearse at a six or a seven, you know, on a scale of one to 10. I've been told that Sammy always was like, 11 on a scale of 1 to 10. He always hit the high notes even when nobody was watching because he didn't know how to do it any other way. Yeah, what I liked about Sammy Davis Jr. was that he was a, you know, he was across the board. He could sing, he could dance, uh, he got into acting, but he was he was almost universally accepted mm-hmm. at a time where, you know, it's rough on the country from a, a, a race standpoint, you know, and he had a couple people threaten his life uh, over his dating choices. So I, I was just, I, I, he, him and James Brown were like two cats that I just watched, man, and just, they were always showmen, mm-hmm. you know. They were, they were just crazy showmen. And another guy like that is, uh, he played Logan. He is a showman, like a showman showman. Mm-hmm. And that's what I like. I just like the, they, these guys were just universal. They could do everything. And they're all people. They're they're all people who, at least the the three you just named, they're all people who had just this electric energy whenever they took right. the stage. And I think, regardless of what character you asked to play, you bring your own unique James Moses Black energy to what to whatever you're asked to do. Yeah, absolutely, man, absolutely. And I bring. Uh, I think the last movie I did was. Uh, I think we hadn't talked in a while, but it was uh, the movie Black and Blue. Mm-hmm. And one of the questions that the director asked me, he said, man, how do you turn on so quickly? And I said, because I never turn off. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that was the end of that, you know. That's a good, that's a good answer. Um, I think I asked you about this before, but let me, if, if, for, but for those who may not have heard our previous conversation, let me ask you again, James. Another actor that you met early in your career was Robert Guillaume, and I understand Robert Guillaume gave you a great piece of advice that you have carried forward throughout your entire career. Yeah, he said, don't be a buffoon. He said, you know, there's comedy and there's buffoonery. Mm-hmm. And you want to fall into the comedy part of it, not the buffoonery part. Because comedy can be smart. It is meant to be smart. Mm-hmm. There is, uh, you know, when you watch film and the filmography of just just comedy, it used to be so slapstickish. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just... <laughs> you, know. <laughs> you know, and then, uh, and then you, you saw, you know... Uh, the the comedy of Lucille Ball, and then you, you saw, and then you eventually saw this this buffoonery take over. There was a there was a an era in, in, in comedy where it was just buffoonery. Mm-hmm. And he said, if you do it, you probably won't do anything else because they won't take you serious. And that was probably one of the reasons I initially stayed away from comedy because I'm super funny. I'm super funny, but. It's one of the reasons I stayed away, because I just didn't want to get pigeonholed. Uh, little did I know that I would be a captain of a police force in every episode of every show. <laughs> but, 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 but as we said before, I mean, casting directors may think of you as a certain type, 
but that doesn't mean you have to play the same type, the same note every time. You find some okay. different wrinkle. Yeah. You know, we are all flawed. Uh, everyone I know uh, is flawed. So there's, a, there's 8 billion different flawed people. So just imagine 8 different, 8 billion different types of flawed. Mm -hmm. You know, and so I take those one or two, and then I go in, and this flawed person becomes sort of a human to people because, you know, I'm taking in a flawed person to deal with these, these circumstances. So what comes out of that? A human. People relate to that. And I think that's one of the compliments that I've always gotten is like, dude, you are so real. And I'm like, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, just, uh, you know just, just that alone is, is worth it, man. Absolutely. The latest human that James brings to life is Captain Browning. Captain Browning is the character James plays in Renfield, horror comedy star Nicolas Cage, Nicholas Holt, an Aquafina that is now playing in theaters everywhere as this program airs. We, we, we mentioned before you're one of the busiest actors. You're always in demand. What do you have coming down the pike that you're at liberty to tell our listeners about? Money! That's all I got, Money! <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what, next time you got a movie out or maybe when Renfield becomes available on streaming, which will, which will happen later in the year, I understand, you'll come back. We'll chat again on TV Confidential. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. Paul Sadu will join us later on the hour. Paul Sadu, a major force today in the world of independent movies, who was also a very interesting fellow, to say the least. You've all heard the phrase, I'm not a doctor but I play one on TV. Well, Paul actually is a doctor and a rather successful one at that who made the transition into movie acting. We'll find out how he did that when Paul Sadu joins us later on in the hour. We hope you stay tuned for that. In the meantime, we've got about a minute left in this segment. Enough time to tell you that a celebration of the life and legacy of Irene Cara take place at the Saban Theater in Beverly Hills on Monday, June 5th. Irene Cara passed away this past Friday, November 25th. The event will be limited to invitation and ticket holders only if you're a member of the entertainment community listening to our program and would like to attend, speak, or perform one of Irene's songs at the memorial. Please send an email to memorial at outhereonmyown.org. That email address again, memorial at outhereonmyown.org if you're a member of the entertainment community interested in performing at the Irene Cara Memorial. Ticket information for fans who would like to attend the memorial will be released beginning May 1st. Greg Airbar will join us for our DVD report. We come back on TV Confidential. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at tvconfidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer, 
or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.